Welcome to the Freightways Venture Capital Tech Summit here at Freightways. We're excited to have you. Uh, joined with Steve Case to kick everything off, talk about what's happening in the startup community. Steve is the CEO and chairman of Revolution LLC, also is heavily involved in Rise of the Rest. Uh, that's a part of the Revolution brand, doing investment outside of the coastal cities, helping empower businesses that are a part of the third wave. Steve, welcome. Great to be with you. So Steve, you and I first got the opportunity to, to be together and meet uh, when you came to Chattanooga for the Rise of the Rest tour. Uh, Freightways was excited, I was certainly excited to take home the, uh, uh, the prize as the Chattanooga winner. What, that process of leading up to building this tour, going out on a bus, what, was, what really inspired that? Well, I really started about 10 years ago. I started getting involved in some initiatives to try to promote entrepreneurship, including uh, I was asked to chair an initiative called Startup America that was launched at the White House almost 10 years ago. And then about six years ago, we decided to hit the road and just visit some some cities and, and see what was happening. And now, now we've done eight bus trips, visited you know 44 cities. We've made investments now through our Rise of the Rest seed fund and over 150 companies in over 70 cities. And, and the more we got into it, the more we realized, like in, in the case of, of, uh, of FreightWaves, they're great companies that are being built all over the country, yet most of the venture capital focus is on the coast. You know, if you look at the data last year, 75% of venture capital went to just three states, you know, California, New York, and, and Massachusetts. So you know, if you're in Chattanooga, or if you're in Detroit, or you're in Des Moines, or you're in Madison, or you're in Minneapolis, or Atlanta, or, you know, Denver, Phoenix, you can kind of name a lot of different cities. It's harder to get the venture capital to start and scale businesses. And that's what we're trying to, to change, sort of level the playing field. So everybody everywhere who has an idea has a shot at building a company. And in the process, we can create jobs and, and more drive economic growth in, in many parts of the country, not just a few parts of the, the country. And really give entrepreneurs who, who have this idea, as, as you did, a real shot at the American dream. Is it an arbitrage opportunity in addition to obviously distributing capital to communities that uh, don't aren't currently well represented? But does it give you guys as an investment an arbitrage? Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, it's a classic supply demand, and most of the venture capital is in Silicon Valley. There are great things happening in, in Silicon Valley, obviously, uh, but because there's so much capital there focused in just a, a small number of of, uh, of entrepreneurs, a small number of companies. You know, classic supply demand evaluation to those companies tends to be on the high side, and the valuation of that same company was in in Chattanooga, or one of these other rising cities, would be lower. But once the companies are successful, once they get to the they break through and get to the point where they're getting acquired or or, or going public, that regional arbitrage, that regional discount, if you will, evaporates. Uh, and and so there there is an investment uh, thesis here that underlines what we're doing. We do believe we can generate top tier returns from a venture capital perspective by doing things that a little differently than what other people are doing. In this case, looking for entrepreneurs in places that most venture capitalists will ne will never never visit. Now we are hopeful, uh, and we're seeing some signs of this, including you know, because of this. Uh, uh, pandemic, that there are more coastal investors that are beginning to look at other opportunities. You're a great example with Freightways. We're obviously proud to invest through our Rise the Rest Fund in, in, in Freightways. Since then, there's been other venture capitals from other parts of the country, not just from that region, uh, that have backed that. We've seen that with many, uh, many of our Rise of the Rest companies now. So we just hope to be a catalyst, shine a spotlight on cities that are rising, do what we can to drive more 
collaboration in those cities, create a culture around more risk-taking and a sense of possibility in those you know, cities. Also try to solve what's a vexing talent problem in these cities. As, as you know, a lot of people growing up in, in these rising cities left because they felt that they wanted to be part of the innovation economy they needed to go to a place like Silicon Valley. So they're kind of a brain drain in the last several decades from many parts of the of the country. We want to slow that brain drain and get, get people staying when they you know, they grow up or graduate from universities. And we also want to see a little bit of a boomerang of, of people who might have left returning. And, and some of that, I think, is getting triggered by this pandemic. So, Steve, you guys have, you wrote a book a couple of years ago called The Third Wave, which was sort of the foundational uh, element to the rise of the rest tour. You then went out on tour. You, you're almost five years into that book. What has changed or evolved since you wrote that? Any observations? Yeah, it's actually finally happening. I, my experience with, with, with these things is certainly true with my own experience as an entrepreneur, as a co-founder of America Online 35 years ago this summer. At the time, we thought it was so obvious that everybody would want to be online. But when we got started back then, uh, only 3% of people were online, and they're only online one hour a week. And it took a long time, actually, more than a decade before finally we broke through. So the lesson to me uh, from that experience was that sometimes revolutions happen in more evolutionary ways. I think the same is true with the rise of rest and this broader thesis around the third wave of of the internet. I'd say since I wrote that book, some of the things I wrote about have started to you know, happen. We are seeing a little more momentum, not as much as we'd like, but not as much as we need, but a little more momentum in terms of venture capital focused on these, these rising cities. We are seeing more uh, companies recognize that the role of public policy and in, in regula regulations in these sectors, healthcare, food and agriculture, things like that, there's a natural uh, alignment there. Sometimes it's frustrating to entrepreneurs, frankly, because sometimes regulations slow you down. But the reality is, you know, as a society, we are going to insist on the drugs that we're taking and the medical devices we're using and, and so forth are, are safe and, 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 and effective. So there's going to be a regulatory component. So I think there's more of a recognition uh, around you know, that uh, aspect. And I think there's also more of a recognition uh, around the, because of the, the growing importance of, of technology, the growing importance of the, the internet, uh, that policymakers are gonna pay attention. And uh, we've seen this recently, and not just in Washington, D.C., but also in, in Brussels, some of the big tech companies uh, are, are you know, kind of being asked, are they doing the right thing for, for the, you know, the country? Are they doing the right things for the world? And there's even now some you know, kind of review, including a recent uh, filing by the Justice Department, an antitrust filing, against Google. I, I had written about that as well, that over time there would be a backlash to you know, big, big tech and that Silicon Valley needed to do a better job of engaging with policymakers proactively. So I think some of the things I, I wrote about then, even though it's still early and you know, we still, as I said, a little progress on rise of rest. We hope there's a lot more progress in the, in the next decade. There's a little bit more recognition on the part of entrepreneurs and venture capitalists of the, of the, you know, the role of, of government and, and a little more respect uh, uh, for that. And we're starting to see some of the other dynamics I wrote about uh, around the third wave of the internet uh, you know, kick in. And one of the things you talked about in the book and also in subsequent interviews and discussions is you've talked about the, the fact that in the third wave, the internet is about industries that have historically uh, been um, slower to adopt technology or slower to come online. And really this opportunity to 
uh, take advantage of the tribal knowledge, the access to networks that's critical to these industries' success. I'm curious, you know, certainly we recognize that at FreightWaves, uh, coming from a community that's heavily invested in freight and logistics, but I'm curious, where are the other uh, case studies where that's been successful in the investment you guys have made? Well, as you say, FreightWaves is a perfect example because when I tell people about the investment we made, uh, and you know, as you know, creating a, a, a kind of a platform, almost like a Bloomberg for for freight and and and, and logistics. People would presume, well, if it's kind of like Bloomberg, I guess it's in New York City, or I guess maybe it's in the Silicon Valley. And no, it's in Chattanooga. And I say, well, why? Well, because actually, some of the most important trucking companies are based in Chattanooga, and building a company to serve them and and that understands the culture of the that that uh, industry and having relationships that you can build on become. You know, critically important, and that's part of the thesis uh, of the of the third wave. I mentioned the policy aspect, which I think is going to become much more important. The partnership aspect is going to become much more important as well. If you really want to innovate and take healthcare, for example, it's not so much about the software. Of course, that's important, but that's so, almost like the table stakes. The real action is how you can create alliances, how you get doctors and nurses to use it and hospitals to integrate it and health plans to pay for it and regulators to, to allow it. That's going to be the difference between success and, and, and failure in these sectors. As a result, we're seeing some of the cities where healthcare is strong, whether in terms of the research universities like a Johns Hopkins in, in Baltimore or the Cleveland Clinic in, in Cleveland or Mayo uh, in, uh, in uh, Minnesota or MD Anderson in in Texas, we're starting to see some ecosystems build around them, and we're also starting to see some ecosystems build around some of the big healthcare companies like, like health payers, like United happens to be in, in Minneapolis. There's a num number of important uh, companies, HCA and others, in, in Nashville. So uh, because of this n growing importance of domain expertise that you mentioned, because of the growing importance of uh, partnerships to really scale these ideas, we think there's an opportunity in these rising cities that didn't exist in the in the second wave of the internet, but it's going to require capital to make sure that these companies really get access to that jet fuel that allows them to you know take off and really kind of change the world. And they have to win this battle for you know for talent. And so there's a lot of aspects that need to you need more attention. But we're quite optimistic that over the next 10 or 20 years we will. You know, level of playing field, the, the innovation, entrepreneurship, startups will be more dispersed, not just in, in a few places. And that will have a very positive impact in terms of those communities. And we think we'll generate you know, uh, kind of outsized returns for, for our investors. I saw the impact of what you did for Chattanooga and certainly for Freightways. But it was interesting, before uh, you came and uh, the, the tour came to Chattanooga, there was a level of cynicism and a lack of acceptance among the community members, folks that are not in logistics, to understand how important this sector is to the local economy and how uh, how big of an opportunity it is for us to, as you've described, the Silicon Valley of trucking or freight, to be here in this community. And we've seen a lot more whether it's politicians uh, that are uh, rallying around this sector, even the local newspaper talks about it on a consistent basis. It was a huge industry, but largely ignored as a big growth sector. I, it, what do you see in other communities, or in Chattanooga specifically, after you guys leave? How does it impact the community, you think? Well, Chattanooga is a perfect example of a rising city. There's, there's some things that were bubbling and, and, and some dynamics that were really quite uh, encouraging. 
but most people around the country didn't think of Chattanooga as a startup city, and most people in Chattanooga didn't think of Chattanooga as a startup city. And what we're trying to do, uh, other than identify great companies like Freightways to in invest in, is do what we can to catalyze stronger startup communities in as many places as possible. So our team spent a lot of time, really six plus months before we, we come and doing a lot of research, figuring out who the right people are. And then when we're there, part of our job, and even the reason we travel around the city in a bus is we think of that as a convening platform. We can gather people together and often people in the, in that community never met each other and try to figure out some of the connections that can drive kind of, you know, kind of collaboration. So it starts with getting people in the community, the mayors, the, the CEOs of the larger companies to recognize the role startups play in creating jobs and being a, a magnet for, you know, talent, things, things like that. And also recognize that the you can't just focus on the companies of the past. You can't just focus on the industries of the past. You can't just be looking in the rearview mirror. You have to focus on the future. The, the data there is pretty compelling. About half of the Fortune 500 companies turn over every 25 years. So if you're proud that you in your community has some Fortune 500 companies, good for you. But half of those on you know, statistically are not going to be Fortune 500 companies 25 years from now. So you got to start some, you know, plant some seeds, which is why it's called, you know, seed capital to, to, in, into some of those companies. And some of those will grow up to be the big companies of tomorrow. There's way too much focus, on, particularly around the mayors and governors who are trying to lure big companies to open an office or, you know, kind of a factory, or maybe in the case of Amazon, second headquarters surge, open up a, a second, you know, headquarters. And I understand why, you know, people in those roles feel like they need to do that, but it, focusing more on, on trying to unleash the startups that can be the, the next Amazons, I think is where the real you know, leverage is, and hopefully that will happen. And the last point I'll make is in different, different cities, including Chattanooga that we visited, while there are more people that are understanding the role of startups and entrepreneurs and, and appreciate and respect and, and even celebrate entrepreneurs, many parts of the country, they are kind of cynical. They are kind of skeptical. They are kind of you know suspicious. If an entrepreneur starts in a company and it's not successful, that person is viewed as a failure as opposed to uh, somebody who took a risk and that one didn't particularly work, but maybe the next one you know, would work. And the way I think about it, and I mentioned this in the cities we visited, when you hear a startup pitch, do you focus on why it might be successful or do you focus on why it might fail? Kind of just focus on the risk factors. One of the great things about Silicon Valley is they think about the art of the possible. Like, what if this is successful? What what might that look like? Many parts of the country are more focused on what might go wrong as opposed to what might go right. So there's a cultural point as well that we're trying to work on, as well as the capital point and the and the talent point. But Chattanooga is a great example of, of a city on the rise, and frankly, Freightways is a great example of why it makes sense to invest in, in cities all across the country, not just in places like uh, San Francisco, New York, Boston, you know, where most of the venture capital is focused. Well, it certainly ignited a lot of energy around logistics here in the community. Uh, now that the term Freight Alley is something that uh, people are really talking about, it's showing up in you know, the governor, the mayor, the, uh, uh, the local newspaper refers to it on a consistent basis. So we're certainly proud uh, you, you've been a part of that. And, and there's a lot of energy. Green Bay, Wisconsin is also trying to figure out how do they emulate Chattanooga in logistics because they're also well positioned. You guys have uh, made some investments, had an exit out of Green Bay uh, that was actually tied to the logistics space. Yeah, no, we're seeing this is, is rumbling now across the country that there, there is, you know, when we first started this six years ago, people were like, like what are you doing? Uh, and even a couple of years ago, you know, 60 Minutes kind of followed us around and, and did a story that ran, I think it was last year. Um, and that got, that got a little bit more attention, but still people are pretty skeptical. It's like, 
do you really think they're like great entrepreneurs, like that are going to build really successful, valuable companies and place like Chattanooga? And we said, yeah, we do. And, and, you know, if you look at also where the fortune 500 companies are, most of them are in the middle of the country, not on the coast. Uh, so we just have this disconnect, this last phase of what, the second wave of the internet when it was just about software and apps and things like that, Google, Facebook, those kind of companies. That's when Silicon Valley really rose to such prominence, arguably even dominance. But as you well know, because you are one, they're great entrepreneurs building great companies all across the country. We need to understand that, spotlight them, you know, celebrate them, invest in them, be customers of them, partner with them, help them on, in, as, they, as they scale their businesses. And we can do that. We'll have a lot of cities on the rise. We'll have a lot of cities where there is more economic growth and, 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 and job growth and a sense of hope and, and, and possibility. And we'll have a country that actually will, will be more united because everybody hopefully someday will feel like they have a role in the future as opposed to right now. A lot of people in a lot of parts of the country do feel kind of kind of left out. They do feel kind of left behind. And the startups and tech and venture capital is not the only answer to that, obviously, but it's part of the answer to that. And, and we need more people to focus on that. Steve, how do we get more funds to follow what you guys have done? How do we get more funds to come to places like Chattanooga to make investments in Green Bay, Wisconsin and uh, Northwest Arkansas? How, how does that process start after you guys have done a tour just organically? Well, the best thing to do is, is, is actually something you need to do, which is build Freightways into a massively successful, massively valuable, iconic company in Chattanooga. And the reason, I'm being serious about it, the reason is, and I saw this even building AOL outside of Washington, D.C. In, in Northern Virginia. The time we started 35 years ago, Washington, D.C. was not a startup city, it was not a tech city, it really was a government town, we government contractors and lobbyists and so forth. Not much in the in the in the business world and certainly not much in the in the startup world. The success of AOL going from dozens of people, hundreds of people, a thousand of people had a spin-off impact both in terms of what's happening directly in the tech ecosystem and also other things. You know, people then suddenly were buying houses and so there was construction jobs and new schools were being built, and new roads were being built. And you saw the city on the on the rise. So I, I, I saw it personally. More recently there's a company uh, that we visited uh, in, in Indianapolis, Exact Target. Started there and scaled there. It was a little harder for them to raise capital. It was harder for them to get, you know, get, get be taken seriously by potential customers. But eventually, it got to the point where they went public, and then Salesforce bought them. And now it's Salesforce's second largest office outside of San Francisco. They have 2,000 Salesforce employees in Indianapolis. And some of the people, including Scott Dorsey, the founder there, has gone on to start an accelerator and a venture firm and, and launched several dozen uh, other companies. And now Indianapolis, particularly around enterprise software, is rocking and rolling. So it was the success of Exact Target that really did that. Dell had a similar impact in Austin. Microsoft had a similar impact in in Seattle. So there's some things we can do and are trying to do in terms of getting more venture capitalists to pay attention and, and, and spotlight these entrepreneurs and make investments and then build relationships to bring in kind of follow-on investors for, for the, the, uh, the later rounds. But nothing beats success. And so the best thing you can do for us is to have Freightways be one of those uh, iconic you know, companies. And the best thing you can do for Chattanooga is to have that success, which will wake up a lot of people in Chattanooga and say, huh, 
I didn't think we could do this as a community. I didn't think we could really build significant kind of tech companies that create a lot of value and create a lot of, of jobs. And suddenly when people see that, it opens their eyes and they're more willing to make angel investments locally. They're, they're more willing to be, be early customers and, and partners, things like that. Momentum begets momentum. You just have to kickstart it. And, and we're, we're doing what we can to put the little kindling on the fire, but we really need to see the fires roaring from companies like, uh, like Freightways. And liquidity events obviously drive recycling to capital, uh, and that certainly helps. If you think about the, a lot of discussion around uh, the you know, Black Lives Matter, what, what happened this summer uh, around tension, you guys have doubled down on investing in black founders. You want to talk a little bit about your largest ever tour that you guys are doing virtually? Yeah, so we're launching this in early early December, and there were several days, including a pitch competition on December third. And you go to the revolution.com site or just search on Rise of the Rest, you know, fund, and you'll get all the the details. Hopefully, you know, people will participate. Uh, the reason we're doing this, I talked about the venture capital data in terms of place that seventy five percent goes to three states, but there's also some rather sobering data in terms of of, of people. Uh, and and if you look at uh, black founders, for example. Black Americans represent 14% of our population, but black founders, entrepreneurs, get less than 1% of venture capital. So there's an opportunity to do a lot better, and we think we need to you know, focus on that, and, and that's one, one of the things we're trying to do. Uh, if you look at women, there's another dynamic that's pretty interesting. That they're half our country, but women founders get less than 10% of venture capital. So it does matter where you live. It does matter what you look like. It does matter who you know. And we're trying to change that dynamic as well, level the playing field there uh, as well. And so that's what led us to launch this, this uh, virtual tour. We obviously can't get on a bus, a virtual tour uh, to really spotlight black founders. And, and we have hundreds have already applied. We have already have more than 100 venture capitalists who've, who've joined us on this effort that agreed to meet with the entrepreneurs. And so every entrepreneur who applied will be connected with venture capitalists. We'll pick obviously the best ones, have a, a pitch comp, a national pitch competition. The winner will get a $1 million investment. The two runner-ups will each get a $500,000 investment. But it's not just about those particular companies. It's about how do you create a broader network extending what we've built with Rise the Rest. So it's not just focused on place. In this case, it's also focused on, uh, on race. See, what are the opportunities as you think about moving in a post-COVID world where uh, places like, at least Twitter has blown up uh, with a lot of people talking about S San Francisco as we knew it is over, New York is changing. I'm not sure how much of that is short term or, or just a little bit of Twitter drama versus actual substance, but it does seem like there's a lot more interest in moving into other communities. Seems like venture capitalists that I talk to uh, actually appreciate the fact that we're in Chattanooga and startups are not in the coastal cities because their capital goes a lot longer than it does in those cities. Do you think this is a permanent element? Is this has this been a transition? I think I think some of the, as you say, some of the media focus or Twitter focus on this is a little overblown. The idea that you know suddenly, you know, San Francisco is going to get hollowed out, or or there's going to be a mass exodus from you know New York City. I think that's kind of crazy. I think most people who left will will return, but a lot of people will stay where they are, either working for their current company because a lot of you know Silicon Valley companies, Facebook, Square, and others have put in place pretty flexible you know, remote work uh, policies. So some will say, come to think of it, maybe where I kind of decided to settle down for the last seven, eight months, maybe I want to stay here. My family's kind of happy here. Maybe I'm closer to you know family members. It's kind of like 
the lifestyle. I kind of like the cost of living. I kind of a bunch of things I kind of like about this. Maybe we'll stay and initially work for the current company that they're affiliated with. But then over time, maybe see an opportunity in that city and either join a startup or maybe even start their own you know, company. So I think if we look back in history, obviously this pandemic is terrible with, you know, nearly 250,000 people dead and, you know, tens of millions of, of jobs uh, lost, et cetera. But it, there might be a silver lining here where coming out of this, uh, there there really is an opportunity for some of the dynamics we're talking about to accelerate. I think this has kind of been a shake the snow globe moment for people as well as for companies, as well as for communities. Uh, and I think it, it, the idea that we're gonna get back to normal, I don't think we're gonna get back to normal. We're gonna you know, create some kind of new normal. And my hope, and frankly, my expectation is part of that new normal will include this, this dispersion of talent and capital. Uh, so backing more startups in, 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 in more places and hopefully also do that in a more inclusive way. So black founders, brown founders, female founders also have a shot. Steve, the IPO market has been really hot uh, this year, led by you know everything from SPACs to some high-quality uh, cloud companies that have done exceptionally well in the IPO market. Does that is that going to do? We think a cycle is is going to continue, or do you think that this is a uh, an event that is going to fizzle out? Well, we've we've seen it firsthand. A couple of our companies have have gone public. One through a SPAC, uh, DraftKings, which is I think the most successful SPAC ever, uh, went out uh, four or five months ago, done super well. Also, more recently, a couple months ago, a company that we backed uh, focused on e-commerce called Big Commerce, an e-commerce platform company, went public. You know, quite uh, quite successful. I think actually also might be one of the most successful IPOs of the of the year. So so we've seen it, and 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 it's excitement around. The public markets around growth opportunities pretty significant. Now, part of that's because interest rates are so low. People really do need to invest in in in, in the tech sector and the growth growth companies more than they might have otherwise. So that's part of the reason there's more capital. And I think most of that will will continue. At the same time, I think the markets are probably were a little premature in declaring the pandemic over. And and I think there clearly is a a growing risk. We're seeing this in some countries now of a, of, a, of a second wave, and that will result in some additional kind of market jitters. But if you take the long view over the next you know, three to five years, there's a lot of things happening that are going to change. Some of the biggest industries uh, in the world, uh, you know, healthcare as an example, are up for grabs. And there's going to be a lot of innovation, a lot of disruption, much of that led by startups. And so backing these startups will continue to be a uh, a lucrative thing for for investors, and doing it in a in a more inclusive way, not just backing the companies in Silicon Valley, not just backing you know white male founders, but but having a more you know inclusive view of that is I would think where the biggest opportunities will be uh, will be going forward. Part of what we see, and, and you're a perfect example again of it, given your your family history and in, in, uh, in the in the trucking industry, entrepreneurs see a problem they want to solve or see an opportunity they want to seize, and usually it's because of their own experience. And so the experience people have in Chattanooga or other cities is different than the experience growing up in, in say, uh, you know, a Manhattan. And that leads you to different kind of hypotheses as, as an entrepreneur. And that's also true if you're coming from a, a more diverse uh, you know, community. And so that's why we need to make sure we're backing those entrepreneurs. Some of those entrepreneurs will have the ideas that will create the the most successful investments. See, when you guys go and, and you have these tours and you have these uh, founders pitch uh, uh, you and, and your partners at Rise of the Rest, what is it that, in terms of common themes of the companies that you guys invest in, is there any commonality in that or is it just diversity? What do you guys look for when you're actually back in a company? Well, 
revolution has three parts. Revolution growth, which is sort of the later stage uh, growth investments, and that's where companies like DraftKings and and Big Commerce and Clear and and uh, Sweetgreen, many other companies are in that growth portfolio. We also have Revolution Ventures, more of a Series A, sometimes Series B you know, uh, fund, and then we have the Rise of the Rest, uh, you know, seed fund. Both growth and ventures do have certain sectors they're they're focused on. Rise the rest is place based, so we're open to really any sector, and so it is a fairly diverse mix of, of sectors that we've invested. Because the places we're investing, I mentioned we've been so far invested in 150 companies in 70 cities. Those places each have different dynamics, and there are different industries based in those places that we think give them the opportunity to to, to build on that. Uh, and it's also part of this broader thesis we've been talking about around the. You know the the third wave of the internet. You know that first wave, obviously, companies like AOL were part of, is getting everybody online. The second wave, once everybody was online, you didn't have to focus on building the on ramps and the servers and the infrastructure. It was done, so it really became the apps and software on top of the uh, the the internet. And the third wave is really integrating the internet in in everyday life and and doing things that are really quite innovative that can improve people's lives and disrupt big industries in our in our uh, economy. That disruption is going to happen, you know, everywhere, and that's why our seed fund has a, a broad view of, of of sectors. Steve, I was certainly excited that we we won the rise of the rest. I was also uh, having taken in venture capital before. I also uh, put a little level of cynicism, healthy cynicism, and I will say that uh, the the fund, uh, what you guys have done, what David Hall and, the, and company have done. Uh, at Rise of the Rest have been profound, have impacted our business in profound ways. And I know it certainly uh, has impacted the community here in Chattanooga. So I do applaud you and really appreciate your support of our business and frankly, the whole mission. And hopefully, to your point, uh, we can have a successful outcome in our business, continue to scale uh, and recycle not only talent, but capital here in Chattanooga. Well, thank you very much. Very kind. And, and I'll be proud to be investors in, in freight waves. And part of what we've been trying to do, you mentioned, you know, David, is build a network of these entrepreneurs. So you and Chattanooga or the other entrepreneurs of other cities aren't quite as lonely. We can connect them together. How do we connect the regional venture capitalists together? How do we connect the community builders together, create that network effect that is, again, one of the things that is strong in Silicon Valley, but weak in many parts of the of the country. So we've, we've made some progress. We still have a a lot of work to do in the in the coming years, and, and we're you know, we're hopeful that companies like Freightways will make our lives a little easier because the the success you'll have will really inspire other people in your community, other people around the country, and and the coastal investors to pay more attention to what's happening in in these rising cities like Chattanooga. So thank you. Well, Steve, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Exciting place. I can't think of a more relevant uh, person to kick off today's uh, Freight Tech Venture Summit. Thanks, Craig. Thanks, Steve.